0: Welcome back to the Metal Exchange. Justin and Chris here with you for another week. This week doing the Vision Divine self-titled debut album. Something that I am almost surprised that it took us 75 episodes to get to. But uh, before we get to Vision Divine, Chris, my man, how are you? Good. Happy
1: uh, three quarters of a century of episodes.
0: Yeah, it's I, I cannot believe that we are uh, 75 episodes into this thing. Um, obviously, we are... Well, not obviously. We are recording this on Friday. And earlier today, we dropped a, a little bonus episode where we got to speak to John Macaluso, uh, drummer for Arc and TNT and Michael Romeo and a whole slew of projects. Uh, it was really nice for him to take an hour out of uh, his very early morning to speak with us. Um, and, and ironically, he actually played in Labyrinth and will be speaking with or oh, I should say speaking about um Olaf Thorson, uh, you know, for obviously his ties to Vision Divine. So it's a nice little, a nice little synergy there, I, I think, um, which, which is, which is kind of cool, but it was a, it was a nice conversation. And as an Arc fanboy, it was uh, a real pleasure.
1: Yeah. I, I never really thought we would get to hear that much like in-depth, um, discussion about Arc, So that was a, a good get. And, um, I thought that he told a lot of great stories and he was, uh, very cool guest to to have on. So
0: yeah, so we we look forward to uh, more guests in the future. Uh, you know, and and it was uh, definitely a nice surprise and um, happy to have him on. But before we get into Vision Divine, you know, I, this week I felt like more albums. And songs were released in just about any other week in probably the last six months. I, I was just absolutely inundated with new stuff, and I, I was wondering if anything stuck out to you or any of the stuff that you had a chance to kind of digest at this point, just because it was so much stuff that, that came out. So I, I apologize in advance for anything that we may omit, but it's not it's not for lack of want. It's just a, just a flood of stuff that came through.
1: Yeah, it's funny because I remember, I think I said to you like a week ago, I was like, I have one album for twenty twenty two um Wilderun's Epigon album, which I've listened to I think uh three or four times now and it's it's uh I think you use the word dense to describe it. So I've been um trying to slowly uh digest it and it's I, I find myself um liking it a little bit more each time. But um yeah, all of a sudden this week there was just like a deluge of singles and uh albums and, and lots of stuff and, and um I mean for me most uh, The thing I was most looking forward to, it was actually um, on my uh, most anticipated album of the year uh, list or or the award or whatever at the end of the year was the Battle Beast Circus of Doom album, uh, which I got got about halfway through today. Um, This week has been crazy for me with um, studying for a licensing exam and work and stuff. I didn't really get to listen to as much music as I would have liked, but most of the new stuff all came out today anyway. Um, So I look forward to hearing that. I liked what I heard from the first half, although um, most of the songs on the first half of the album I'd heard already because they were released as singles, but uh, good stuff. Um, I've seen a couple of people say that they liked it um, more than their previous release. So um, I think that the kind of some of the like more country ish kind of things on that last album might not have been everyone's cup of tea. So, um, but, uh, also, um, Sonata artica dropped their, uh, acoustic adventures, volume one album, which I can only assume means there will be a volume two at some point. And, uh, I got to hear a couple of tracks from this. Um, I thought the, uh, acoustic version of the rest of the sun belongs to me, which was a B side was really good. Um, I listened to the, uh, the cover of um not cover the acoustic version of a little less understanding which i thought was one of my favorite songs from their last full-length album that um i know a lot of people hated but uh (laughs) i like that song a lot for whatever reason and um they released i think a uh either a music video or or a lyric video for for the sake of revenge today so i'm looking forward to that i think it'll be interesting to hear some of those uh sonata artica songs done in an acoustic setting and uh uh, a bunch of other albums came out um, but uh, singles wise, a um, couple of uh, two two songs that by two of my all-time favorite bands, uh, Voyager released um, yesterday they released the video for Dreamer and then the single dropped today. Um, that um, is just you know, with Voyager, like, you never know what the song's going to sound like because they're so varied. I mean, there's not a lot of um, other epic, electro-progressive pop power metal bands out there.
0: So, it's, um, they, they did a really good job with this one. They kept it under three minutes, which I think was designed for the whole, uh, I guess, Eurovision contest. But they definitely still have that signature sound. So I thought that, like, for a band that was trying to do something kind of poppy to, to appeal to the masses – they did a really nice job with that song. It's—I uh, uh, so don't know if it's going to be their new direction, but I'd certainly applicable or appropriate for for the contest that they are uh, in at this point. For yeah, for sure. we
1: wish them uh, the best of luck in, in that and uh, and Power Quest released another single. Uh, they were they were my um, non-album single of the year last year. And, uh, if they don't release a full length album this year, (laughs) this one might be the winner for this year. Spoiler. Uh,
0: Is the the plan for these songs to come on a full album? I I have no idea. I don't either. Um, I think
1: they probably were initially. And I know that because the band is kind of staying like laying low right now. Um, they're just kind of, um, trickling out these, these songs just to keep everybody's, uh, just to wet everybody's appetite and keep everybody, you know, wanting more. And uh, the new song's called "Now Is the Time." Um, it was another song that was co-written by um, uh, Glenn Williams, Steve Williams, and Ash Edison, and um, I, li- I like it a lot. I think it's a kind of a different style than the previous single, but um, it kind of—I feel like it marries the, the newer the new Power Quest sound with the old Power Quest sound. You know, Steve's. Uh, Signature keyboard sound is right there, and Ash's vocals are, you know, great as ever. So good stuff. Um, just a lot, lot to a lot to, uh, a lot to, to digest um, that came out today, and um, I still need to check out um, Kiss and Dynamite and Nocturna's new albums that came out today. Those are also on the list, and uh, I, I should at least uh, throw out a shout out to my friend Patrick Nickel, who's the uh, drummer for noise cult um their full length album seraphic wizard came out today um i haven't got a chance to listen to it so i'm literally just plugging it because he's a friend of mine but i uh, <laughs> look forward
0: look forward to hearing that you and, are uh, certainly entitled i have to say that nocturno was uh much better than i expected i thought it was going to be good and i really really enjoyed it i played it a couple of times um i i i I was very impressed. I thought they did a nice job. One other um album that I have not gotten to, but I heard the single for it, but it was released earlier today. Um, and that is uh, La Luz. The Chosen Ones. The The album is called Paint the Sky. The single, The Chosen Ones, features Jordan Rudis, um, Simone Mulrani, uh, and of course, the one and only Damien Wilson, who we spoke about uh, a couple of weeks ago on vocals. I thought this song was fantastic, and if it is any indication, the album is going to be spectacular. So I look forward to that. He's a French composer, keyboard master, producer, etc., and he just got a whole um, all-star cast on this uh, solo al- album. So I look forward to this.
1: Yeah, great names. I really enjoyed that track. Um, it will be uh, on my next playlist, that um, I think I actually have already posted it to Spotify. Um, volumes one and
0: two are already out. Twenty-one days into the year, so lots, lots of new music. But um, with that, let's let's get into uh, let's get into some Italian power metal. Something we have not done um, as much of as I thought we would, and I, I was kind of looking back. I didn't see any DGM. I didn't see any Labyrinth. I didn't see any Vision Divine. Uh, we obviously did do uh, Rhapsody back in the archives, but for some reason, you know, no Secret Sphere. Um, we've been derelict in our our, our duties to the Italian uh, power metal scene. So I'm glad you I'm glad you chose this. And I was curious as to why why this album, why the debut as opposed to any of the, the later releases or possibly even um, you know, a labyrinth album, for that matter. Why? Why did you, shuck, you know, select this one this week? I,
1: I, this, I was actually stuck between this, and I was really wanted to talk about uh, also Labyrinth's debut album, No Limit, um, which came out. I want to say about three years before this one, and was the uh, kind of the, the first vo- the first time i had ever heard Fabio Leone um, on vocals and the first time i ever heard Olaf Thorson's guitar. Um, but I remember when this album came out, I remember it being, um, it was being advertised by the the CD vendors as a, uh, as a Fabio Leone solo album. And I, so I remember seeing that Fabio Leone and Luca Torilli were both releasing these solo albums at the same time. And by the time it re- released, it was just called vision divine um, and it turns out that the reason for this is because, um, Labyrinth's original name was Vision and, uh, Divine was going to be Olaf Thorsen's, um, the name of, uh, I believe his first solo album or, or something to that effect. So they just combined the names and, um, I didn't know what to pick. And then, um, when we were talking about Steel Panther and, uh, VD came up, it kind of just, uh, <laughs> kind of cemented the choice for me. So I was like, well, that made it a little bit easier to decide. So um, another reason why I chose this album is because there's a song on it that is probably one of my all-time favorite songs, which I don't know I could say about any of the songs on No Limit. So um, I, I just, oh, man, I, this whole album is one of those albums I, I always go back to because I just know that it's just going to be a really enjoyable you know, forty-five to fifty minutes of just good old-fashioned Italian power metal, and and it's uh, it might as well have been the follow-up to No Limit, the the, the debut Labyrinth album. But what would end up happening is um, Fabio would be would leave the band to join Rhapsody, and so when uh, Labyrinth went on to make their second album, Return to Heaven Denied, which a lot of people, most people, would probably. Uh, Argue is their finest finest work of all time. Um, they had uh, had already hired um, Roberto Taranti to uh, to be their vocalist, and so um, I'd be I, I would love to to ask Olaf Thorson why, kind of go back to this well when he was basically
0: your band three years ago yeah, because and, and it's funny I, I this was this was something that interested me as well just going through the lineup on this obviously fabio on vocals olaf on guitars uh andrew uh excuse me andrea torresini on bass uh andrea depali on keyboards matt staniso on and i'm sure i butchered that on drums it was basically the no limits lineup it was it was a solo project but half of these guys were still in labyrinth at the time so i never I knew there was a synergy. I just didn't understand why. Because, and I'll get to this, but a lot of these songs could have easily been on that labyrinth debut album. It was, uh, you know, it was. You almost wonder if some of this stuff was written or some of the ideas had come out a couple of years earlier. But when Return to Heaven Denied went in a little bit of a different direction than um, than No Limit, you wonder if it's. I, that whether some of these ideas were still marinating and, and eventually just found their way onto the vision divine album peeking into the future Olaf would actually leave labyrinth for about 10 years shortly after um the next vision divine album and kind of devote himself exclusively to vision divine ultimately changing singers bringing in michelle Lupi to, to sing on vocals before obviously bringing fabio back and then going back to Labyrinth and then deciding to do both bands is like a full-time thing or, or splitting the time between the two, if you will. It's a really interesting um, timeline, I guess, is the best way to and say And now he it. has a
1: third band in in Shining Black that he's doing with with uh, Mark Bowles, who was tabbed to be Labyrinth's vocalist at yeah, one point when wow. Roberto Taranti was leaving the band. I mean, it, it's like a... Uh, Italian power metal is like the the ultimate revolving door of, of the genre
0: and and john macaluso actually said that when we spoke to him saying that like it's such a small community and everybody knows everybody else and um it seems like once you're in it you're always in the rolodex so to speak so what if it's your turn if you're next up you get brought in and you do the project but um,
1: i just realized today that that oleg smirnoff is the keyboard player for both labyrinth and eldritch so right,
0: right. <laughs> and and appears on later Vision Divine albums too. I think yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So it's 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 just a small world. Um But this this was this was a one hell of a release. And I, I'm going to be honest. Send me an angel to this day has never really clicked with me. Like it had it's had its moments, but I thought that it was inferior to this album. Although I have to admit, once I heard. The Michelle Lupi albums and there were two in particular those first two albums that he had recorded with the band stream of consciousness in 2004 and the perfect machine one year later those two albums for me were always the pinnacle of of some of this vision divine material so i was happy to go back to this album because i haven't listened to it in a very long time and i kept thinking to myself i like this album I have fond memories of the album because of the time that it came out and how, you know, I had to get my hands on it back in 1999, but I always thought it was just a little bit, I don't know, like, I don't know if I want to say inconsistent. I don't think there's a bad track on the album, but there's two standout tracks that to, to this day just are some of the better or if not the best power metal tracks you'll ever hear. I'm curious to see if there's overlap between my thoughts and yours as to whether or not we have the same opinion as to those songs. I have two so I'd be curious to hear what yeah let's let's get into it the album opens up with a four minute rocker New Eden and if you've never heard Italian power metal I think that this pretty much sums it up right there um, this this starts with kind of like a keyboard intro that really pops. And there's elements of atmospheric keyboards, classical classical composition here as well. But what jumps out to me right away is that Fabio Leone sounds just about as powerful as ever. And even though he did a great job on on that first Labyrinth album, he sounds better and and just a more accomplished vocalist right off the bat on this first song.
1: Yeah. And not only that, but I think just the overall sound quality is such a huge step ahead of, of what no what No Limit sounded like. I mean, even Return to Heaven Denied was a massive step forward in the production. Um, but so was this. But one of this is I think around this time is when I started to realize that um how much of a chameleon Fabio Leone is as a vocalist, because I remember I th- I want to say that I actually heard Raps these legendary tales before I heard Labyrinth's No Limit album, and the fact that he had a stage name on No Limit, I don't know that I ever would have realized it was the same singer, just because of how he sang so differently stylistically on the on those two albums. And this album, it's kind of like he went back to that kind of style that he was doing when he was in Labyrinth, ra- rather than sound like he does in. In Rhapsody, it's really amazing, and and when you hear him now when he's with, in Angra, and and I mean, I saw him live with Camelot, like he 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 morphs into wherever he is needed. It's a really impressive thing. I mean, even um, his operatic vocals that you don't hear him do a lot, but like he, uh, if you ever get a chance to to see the um the, the Angra. Angels Cry anniversary DVD Blu-ray. Um, he does this duet with Taria, where the both of them are singing. Uh, I believe it was Stand Away, um, in these opera. Like he sounds like this, um, a, like this a like like a Pavarotti style opera vocalist. It's it's very impressive.
0: Yeah, it's it's wild, and and I'll throw a real. Um, <laughs> gem in there from 1998 around the same time he had been on an album called a new religion by a band called athena another italian uh power metal band and he sounds like a different vocalist on that album and if you didn't know who it was you may not even pick up on the fact that it was um fabio it was it was fascinating how he's able to kind of just go in in and out of these different like he's also the singer styles. for cannibal corpse yeah (laughs) i mean you want to talk about a chameleon a lot of people know that he goes
1: by a stage named uh, terry uh, (laughs) joe terry joseph Terrence joseph uh, if anything
0: um, happens to corpse grinder we, we know who's going to fill in it's 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 fantastic um but yeah he just does a phenomenal job and i thought and to be honest i prefer his singing on this album to the rhapsody stuff i really do just because I don't know. For some reason, I just think it lends itself even better to the music. Um, but, you know, my first thoughts are like, power metal fans are going to eat this up. you know, eat this up. And, and the album's 22 years old, almost 23 years old. Um, there's a lot going on in this track for a four minute power metal tune. But um, you can tell that Olaf's songwriting, I think, is more mature than it was on No Limits just because. Um, I don't know like it's just the, the, there's a little more complexity and nuance to some of these tracks as opposed to what he had been doing even 3 years earlier.
1: Yeah, and 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 in spite of or despite the fact that, you know, Olaf is a guitar player and and uh, Fabio is a a vocalist, you know, they co-wrote this in, pretty much this entire album. Um it's very keyboard driven. Um yes. considering that um you know, uh, Andrea De Pauli um he doesn't really have a ton of songwriting credits on, on this album, but um, the songs were written for him to shine. And, and there's a lot of, I just, especially on this first track, I love how just keyboard driven it is. And, um, and, and it goes right into um, the the next track on the wings of, of the storm is the same. Like you just really, those, those keys are really prominent. And um, I love how the second, track kind of just starts out unassuming and then fabio just comes in yeah oh that just, first
0: note and th- i have it in yeah. my notes that first note is like bombastic I-, I don't know other word to describe it but he comes in with with a vengeance i i i think new new eden is a good track but i think on the wings of the storm is a better track um a really really you know one of those things where like um, I don't know whether it's the double bass drum or just the keyboard sounds in the background or Fabio just showing off. Um, really, really good. I, I think the verses are fantastic. I think the chorus is a bit repetitive and a little bit weak. But the, overall, I think the track is quite good. Um, there's this little bridge at the end, which I absolutely love. And I think the outro is fantastic. So other than the choruses, this this is a really good song. And um, I like it even better than the first one.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um I think New Eden's a a good way to kick things off. Um I actually really enjoy the um the version that they recorded live with uh with with Loopy. Um he does I love hearing him kind of sing these these um older Vision Divine tracks just cuz I have such a affinity for this album and I agree with you that uh the follow-up album Send Me an Angel didn't really do a lot for me. Um i was disappointed that they didn't cover real life send me an angel Um, (laughs) i mean talk about appropriate yeah and lord covered us thankfully last year with that but um it was cool to hear i believe he did uh new eden um the whisper and i think maybe one or two tracks from the second album so it was cool to hear him do some of these fabio tracks but um yeah, um, it's, I thought it was a good opener, but I think it was... I like that On the Wings of the Storm kind of picks up even more on the second track. So yeah, I'm with you. I, I do like this song a little bit uh, better. Um, and uh, and then it just goes, I, I think, um, goes to another great track, Black Mask of Fear, which also starts with almost like this harpsichord-ish kind of intro, um, and then just kind of kicks into like this, uh, like, just... Dr- like, kind of drum drum driven, like, intro. And I, I, man, it's just three songs in a row that I think get each one just gets a little bit better than the last.
0: I have always struggled with this track. And for some reason, I, I was really wondering if this time around I was going to kind of have a little bit more of an affinity for it. And, and the short answer is yes, I do think it was definitely a bit better um, this time around. I, I, for some reason, though, I, I never totally cared for this song and I not a hundred percent sure why I think I was just waiting for that big payoff in the song. Like just that, that moment, that, that explosion. And I don't think I ever quite got there. It's a touch slower than on the wings of the storm. Um, but I, I, do enjoy the instrumental section where the, they really speed it up and they have like this dueling guitar and keyboard solo, which is really, really cool. So kudos for that. Um, but I, even though it's not, I, I guess my favorite track on the album, you 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 can see that they're heating up to something. We haven't gotten there yet, but there's a crescendo coming. I'm starting to think that we may have the same crescendo, but we're we're not there yet. The the fourth track is is a song called Exodus, and it's uh, the first four tracks really are all about the same length, about four minutes, maybe a shade over. Um, this one, unlike the keyboards, you know, start to the song. It starts with a kind of a guitar solo, which is really almost offbeat it almost sounds like an outer space type of thing going on um I, I don't have a lot to say about this particular track other than I feel like this could have easily been on no limits it, it this this track more than, maybe more than any of the others really sounds like that early labyrinth material and I like the chorus how it has that like gallop to it which you haven't really heard on the three prior tracks um, and it' kind of slows down towards the middle. And then gets really, really quiet, and then picks up steam again before fading out during the outro. Um, I, I think it helps the chorus to pop, which is something that I don't say all the time on this album, but it helps break up the repetition. Uh, not much else to say. It's a good track. It's not my favorite, but um, you know, it's it, 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 it has its place on this album for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I like that the first four tracks all kind of have their own flavor. Like it's they could have easily just wrote the same basic type of song over and over again. And they, this album is very varied for what I think is like a, a a genre of power metal, like the Italian power metal of the late nineties that I think a lot of people say they think it's repetitive or um, a a better word is escaping me. Uh, Derivative, I guess would be it. But um, I think this album proves that that's not really an accurate, um, expectation because I think that like these first four songs are all very good songs, but they don't sound alike uh, going from song to song. And and this one, like you said, it has that kind of that uh, gallop in the chorus and it kind of, like you said, slows down a bit. And um, again, it's like, I think it does a really good job of, of really um, showcasing how good all the musicians in this band are, but especially Olaf on guitar and Fabio on vocals and the, and the, and just the keys kind of just really being prominent. Um, and, and again, like you ask like why this album and, and I, and I, I always tend to gravitate towards, uh, like power metal. That is very key driven. I, I mean, I love power quest. I mean that they all their songs have been mostly written by a keyboard player. Um, even like a band like Majestica when they were Rainseed, even though, you know, Tommy's a guitar player, um, a, a lot of their songs were keyboard driven. And so, like, that's the kind of stuff that I think it pulls me in a little bit more um, for whatever reason. That just, I, I just really enjoy that sound. And when there's a keyboard guitar kind of dual situation, that it just sucks me right in. Like, I, I that's think probably that's why what... I loved Sabaton so much the first time I heard them
0: yeah well there you go i i think that's part of the reason and, and i'm making a gross generalization so i, I want to be clear i'm not counting every band that i'm about to speak about but i think that's part of what's missing in the u.s power metal scene that a lot of it is in that ice earth or a jag panzer type of vein which is good but it's not well ice earth maybe not but like <laughs> that jag panzer kind of vein but like it's missing that keyboard element, which I think really makes some of these Italian bands and some of the Finnish bands and some of the Swedish bands pop a little more for me. Um, it, it's an element that generally has been missing over the last 20 years of U.S. power metal, generally speaking.
2: Jack Benzer.
0: We get to track number five, The Whisper. Do you have any thoughts about this track? This is the greatest song ever written. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the way I describe it is this, and apparently we are on the same page here. The band hit a bunch of singles. The basses were loaded, and they knocked it out of the park and hit an absolute grand slam with this track. This song is my song of the week. It's probably my song of the entire early Vision Divine period. This thing is an epic, epic, epic tune, and I i think it's one of the best power metal tracks of all time.
1: um yeah everything you just said um it's my, it's my track of the week too nice um it hit me in i don't know maybe about 10 years ago i was going back and listening to this album and i was just like oh my god <laughs> this song <laughs> is just so so good and um It's just, uh, the whole thing start to finish. Um, it starts out, it kind of like fades in. And once Fabio just kicks off, it's just like, um, you know, has that, that speedy kind of sound to it. Um, the bridge is awesome. The chorus is awesome. The solos are awesome. Um, this is, I mean, this is one of my favorite, uh, power metal songs by any band ever. It um, is
0: so. Epic. I knew
1: I knew it was going to be the, my song of the week before I even picked the album.
0: I, I have to be honest. I go back to when we were in high school. I mean, we've been listening to this stuff for you know for twenty five years, and I go back to when we were in high school. I don't know that I ever recognized the brilliance of this track until like, I don't know. I don't want to say this time around. I knew it was a great track, but it really popped for me this time, and I feel like on an album where there's a lot of good songs. This is one of the absolute gems, and I, I, I cannot impress upon the people that are listening enough. Um, this album needed a big hit. I mean, hit, I don't mean radio hit, but I, it needed something that was going to set it apart from other albums. This is one of, at least in my opinion, two tracks that really, really do that. Um, very Very similar to that early Labyrinth sound. Great verses, great choruses, great lyrics it's just it's just from top to bottom it is a it is a, is it a masterpiece
1: it, this is probably my favorite song that Olaf was ever involved in in all honesty like I really? it's, probably, it's my favorite vision divine song for sure but it, I might like it more than my favorite labyrinth song honestly like I just think this song is that good um I, I don't really know what else to say other than I I don't even know. Like, it's just, it's just, I get so amped anytime I listen to it. It's such a just, like, pump you up kind of song. Um, And again, um, and maybe we can post it this week, but um, the live version with Loopy, he hits this note at the end of the song that it's just like, my goodness. Um, So, yeah, I'm a big fan of that version too. But, I mean, I think I also remember seeing a uh, there was a vision divine anniversary show i don't know if it was like a 10 year whatever but i don't, i think fabio had was still not in the band and he must have come back to do the anniversary show and they did this song too and it's just like I, i'm with you it didn't really resonate with me when i first heard the album i i just really i just remember really liking the album on the on the whole but nothing outside of the one cover song really kind of stuck out at the time but over the years, um, this is one of the most played songs in my iTunes. Um, it's just, it's just really one of my, my favorite songs ever. And um, it, it's,
0: um, it, it's, I think it's a good place to, to interject. I, I, I was very fortunate to see them live in 2006. Um, I, I was very close to seeing them live the following year in 2007 when I was in Rome. um, Actually, no, I'm, I'm lying. I guess it was in 2004 I almost saw them when I was in Rome um, for a festival. Actually, they had played a festival uh, at a tennis stadium in Rome with them and Halloween – and I couldn't find it. And I was looking all over the place, and I just could not find the place. And I was trying to...
1: That's called Van Van Gogh syndrome.
0: Yeah, it it was... I mean, it was... was, Yeah, exactly. So I'm looking for this courtyard. No, I I could not find them. Um, And I was asking people on the street, uh, you know, uh, Teatro de Tennis, and they were just not understanding what I was saying, and I just never made it to the show. And I was walking around so much trying to find the venue that by the time I... I missed Vision Divine, and then I said to myself, I am, I've already missed half the reason I'm going to the show. I wound up seeing them two years later here in the States at, at, at Prague Power. But if memory serves, they did not play anything off of the first two albums. They played for about an hour, and they just didn't touch the first two. And in retrospect, it would have been so cool to hear this live. But alas, the uh, it was not meant to be. can only hope that they come back again in the future.
1: Oh, I would love that. I, I haven't had a chance to see to see them live, although I've probably seen every member of the band in some form or fashion. Right, perform. right. Form I've seen I've seen Fabio sing for seven different bands. Um, <laughs> I think I think Cannibal Corpse is the only one I haven't heard him sing with <laughs> yeah. yet. Um, Seventy thousand uh, tons
0: of metal is is taking shape in in next January. So if if you're gonna see it, I'm sure you'll see it there.
1: Beautiful. Um, yeah it would be really cool um but again like fabio is not in vision divine anymore right. again um he he returned to the band for a second stint i don't even who's their singer now i don't even know do they even did they announce it i don't even remember
0: i do honestly pick? don't know i i know that they the w- let's put it this way they had come out in two, uh, 2019 with an album he sang on it, but I believe that was that was it. And, and and since then, it's been a little bit quiet on that front. Maybe we can find that out and, and get oh, back it's, to uh,
1: everyone. I, Ivan Giannini, that's his oh, name. Um, he okay. was the vocalist from uh, the band. Actually, he still is the vocalist for uh, Durian. Oh, okay. Um He was also in Elegacy. Uh, the, those are the bands I've heard of that he has credits on. But he has been the the vocalist for um four vision divine since 2018 and he uh i think he recorded um i guess a a few singles with the band and was he their sing uh it looks like he was the singer on their their most recent uh, release when all the heroes heroes are are dead um he was their uh their vocalist so yeah that's um that's who their vocalist is now and a little fact i just found out from looking it up is that he um he tried out to be the vocalist for Dragon Force after ZP left the band in 2010. So thank you, thank little, you for that
0: little uh, little
1: little, little Ivan Gianini uh, uh, <laughs> trivia. trivia trivia thing. And he um, he was also a bass player for um, Cannibal Corpse at one yes.
0: point. <laughs> I um, I have to say after after the Whisper was over, the band was very smart and they didn't put another. Track on like another normal track on the album, and by normal I mean just another power metal track. They they actually come back with uh, Forgotten Worlds, which is an instrumental track, and you kind of need a little bit of a of a come down because nothing would have would have compared to the whisper. So they mix it up and they 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 come back with this tr- sixth track, which is an instrumental track. And it's, it's interesting. They have like a church organ which starts and it kind of almost reminds you of like a video game like when you go into the church or something like that. It almost starts like a power ballad, but then it certainly picks up. I don't think it's the most memorable of, of tracks. I, I think there was a lot of ideas tossed in here almost – very progressive i guess in, in that approach but I, I still prefer the labyrinth um instrumental tracks like feel and and other and other tracks they've done over vertigo. the years vertigo oh one, one of the absolute best um but as a almost as a placeholder i think it does serve its place on the album
1: yeah so this is the um the the first of uh two tracks that andrea depauli has um writing credits on i think he gets the full uh the full credit for this one, and and it, it kind of reminds me of a a live show where the band plays like one of their best songs, and it's like, all right, we're gonna do like a you know, Fabio's gonna go out and have a smoke, and uh, you know the the rest of the band's gonna do a, a, your your run of the mill live power metal um you know uh, solo part. So yeah, I agree with you that this is well placed because it's just kind of a hard song to follow with like a traditional song with vocals in it, so. You know, take it down a notch and uh this song's fine for what it is. I mean, I don't think it's uh they're not, you know, they're not blowing any doors down on on instrumental power power metal songs, but it's definitely a, a cool uh you know, I, I like um kind of like with a minute to go where it kind of just quiets down and it's just this cool keyboard solo, very like atmospheric sounding. Um yes. But uh, yeah, you know, good stuff. It's really, like you said, it's kind of like a, um, almost like a segue uh, into the second half of the, the album.
0: And and the next track is their, their the title track and the and the band's namesake, Vision Divine. This is probably the most underrated song for me on the album, just in terms of, uh, I, I, I don't know. It was one of the, another song that I guess never really resume, resonated with me too, too much when I was... A kid, but this is a real banger of a tune, a mid paced song. Fabio, again, showing off at the beginning. His range is just out of control. Um, and, and just a very dynamic tune that's kind of, kind of like a throwback for me to, again, that, that No Limits era. Amazing guitar solo, very, very different from what Olaf usually plays. And I, the way I would just describe it is an eccentric guitar solo. Um, instead of, and instead of having like the dueling pianos and guitar solos, they would actually get two separate solos on this track, first the guitar and then the keyboard solo after that. And again, I, I just think it's one of the most underrated tracks on the on the entire album.
1: I happen to agree with you. Um a little bit more on the um like kind of a like mid tempo, um but um I think uh it always makes me happy too, as somebody with o c d to look at my iTunes and see a song by the song called Vision Divine from the album Vision Divine by the band vision divine
0: yeah like it, it just uh it, it sums it up in a nutshell and and quite frankly it's a it's it it's I always for some reason the namesake tracks always are kind of a disappointment, but this one this one holds up I like this track i, I yeah do
1: it. well it's hard to live up to like the 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 song that you're going to name after your band or or vice versa, whatever it is, the order, I guess. Um I always think of the song Green Day by Green Day from their very go. first album. And uh I always felt like that was very indicative of what the band was at the time. But um yeah this is this is a good tune. Um and again like I feel like after this like really fast paced track like the Whisper, um it kind of Slows things down a, a little bit with kind of a mid, more mid paced type song, but um, I, I enjoy this kind of style. I think they do this type of song
0: really well. I think what's interesting to me is that they they move on to um, the next track, which depending on which version of the album you have, or I guess which you know where what's what, where you imported the album from. Uh, my next track on my album is a cover. Um, some people have it at the end of the album, but I, am going to just put it here because I thought it was interesting. All of a sudden there's a cover of Europe's, the final countdown in the middle, or I should say two thirds of the way through the album. And I always found that to be interesting because you'd think it would be at the end, but no, they just kind of stick it, you know, two thirds of the way through the album. And it is such a good cover. And I've always thought that this was one of the better covers that anyone's done. And the band has done a lot of good covers over the years they're Definitely. kind of buried in certain ways shapes and forms but they've done gutter ballet they've done um i think they even did a dream theater cover on one of their albums if i'm not mistaken it's just um a really eccentric mix of, of album uh you know ch- uh, choices for some of these albums but really really cool stuff and it started with with europe's the final countdown and what always, I mean, I, I'm not going to go into detail about the song. Everyone knows the song, but I thought that they just really encapsulated everything that was great about that song, and kind of just mirrored it on the album.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, the they did cover Dream Theater's Another Day. Um, they covered Halloween's Eagle Fly Free on yeah. the Keepers of Jericho tribute album. They covered um take on Aha's Take on Me on the uh, the second album Send Me an Angel. Yeah. Um, th- so I had the. I had the Japanese version of this album. My uh, aunt and uncle found it at a mom and pop, kind of the the, the uh, northeastern Pennsylvania's answer to slip disc. There you um, go. And so they got me the Japanese version of this. And this was a hidden track after of light of dark of light and darkness. There'd be just like several minutes of silence, but then you if you look at your CD player and be like why is this a 14 minute track? And then all of a sudden it, you, you hear the final countdown kick in. And uh, it's funny. Cause I actually, um, when I ripped the CD onto my iTunes, I pulled this song out and I placed it after in between vision divine and the miracle, because I'd seen that track listing on a, on another version. And
0: I thought that, was better, I guess. Well, I did not have the Japanese version and they stuck it as the eighth track. So I, I can totally understand that. But it's just uh, to me, I can make sense. I makes sense that it would be the last track or a hidden track, but to stick it in the middle of the album, it's a kind of a, a gutsy move. I, I, I commend them for that. It's, a great and it's cover. it's
1: also like a very true to, true to light, like true to form cover. It sounds a lot like Europe's yeah. version, but with Fabio singing, but the rest of the song is, is almost, uh, it's a little bit more a little bit heavier a little bit more metal but i mean it's it's a pretty they didn't really try to make make it too differently and, no and but, they didn't need but some to. it's great it,
0: no yeah it's a great song in its own right um after that ends we get to kind of like the the back end of the disc and I, for me we get to what i can only describe as the second home run track the miracle this is a beautiful song it starts with a fantastic fantastic piano intro before ultimately picking up with one of the better riffs on, on the album and obviously that signature double bass drum. This is another just absolutely fantastic, fantastic power metal tune. Everything from the galloping choruses, um, the layered vocals, which are a really nice touch in, in certain spots, um, and it's a song that just puts a smile on my face. It's a fun tune. It's an uplifting tune, and... um I don't know I just everything about this song I think is fantastic and and another one that I just wish I could hear live.
1: It's, uh, th- this was my other, um, we, tra- we agree. Yeah. yeah we, we- th- th- these two Those two songs, the whisper and the miracle are definitely the, the, uh, the high points on this album. Um, you know, I'm looking back at some of these old playlists, these old mixtapes I made back in the day. And, uh, I have, um, in 2000, I had made a mix. And the first time I ever put a vision divine song on one of my mixtapes, it was this song. So this must've been the one that, stuck out to me the most when i first heard the the album and then i think it would be in 2011 i put the whisper on a playlist like 12 years after it came out it deserved
0: it and maybe it needed to marinate a bit but um you know it's funny we don't always agree and obviously you know our top 50 lists were different and and um we uh, you know sometimes i'll 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 be you know, a little critical of certain songs that you love and vice versa. But we, we are in definite agreement on this one, that the, these two songs stand out above and beyond the others. Not, not that the other songs are bad, but they're, these are two just absolute gems on, on this debut. Um There's the, like this, the sweeping keyboards that are going on in the back like
1: that again, like it's just such a wonderful uh balance of guitar and keyboard and, um, yeah, this is just a, a real a real beauty, a real gem, like you said. And uh, I mean, if you're gonna listen to two songs from this album, listen to this and the Whisper. But I mean, hell, listen to the whole thing because this is a. I just think this is a really good album, and and these two songs just are like two exclamation points on, on this on this uh, really just uh, great great
0: album. I uh, I, I don't. Oh wait! Oh wait! There's two more songs. <laughs> Yeah, we haven't we haven't gotten to the end yet. So Forever Young. What do you, what are your thoughts on that one? Uh I was disappointed it wasn't a Rod Stewart cover.
1: <laughs> Surprisingly, right? This was this was another song that made reminded me of Labyrinth, actually. The beginning, that kind of guitar riff right at the beginning. Um yeah. it kind of gave me a uh like a uh what you, a, like what was the uh you mentioned it before the legend B. Remix or whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the feel yeah feel remix. it reminds me of how feel. Kind of jumps in. Um, I guess it's kind of just like a go-to riff that Olaf does. But um, uh, it's it, this is a good song. Um, I, I feel like maybe the, they should have let the miracle be the last song. Kind of. I mean, they they went with a ballad, and I'm never gonna I'm never gonna like disagree with a band for finishing an album with a, a ballad. But I feel like this song kind of ends up being kind of like the popcorn match of the album (laughs) because it's placed in between one of the best songs on the album and that out, that like outgoing, uh, ballad. Um, so it kind of, it's kind of like a crap slot to be in when it, when it's not like a, a blow your socks off kind of song. And and so I I think it's a good song. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's not on par with the two that we are, uh, lauding, but, um, it's good, and and I think it kind of just uh, it's like the it's the last kind of fast song before we kind of end things with the uh, the ballad. If you're not listening to the the hidden final countdown version of the the album, yeah,
0: it's 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 a good song, and and it's quite frankly it's probably better than I remember it. The, the one thing I like about it more than anything is that there's like these little solos, little keyboard solos, very very small and little guitar solos like lit layered throughout this whole thing. Not, not in an overbearing kind of way and not in an instrumental section, just kind of layered throughout the whole thing, which I thought was a nice touch. But the contrast to that is I thought the drumming was good, but just very repetitive. And it was just kind of like, all right, get to get, get to it already. So it like a weird contrast there. But so part of it, I loved part of it. I wasn't crazy about um, but to your point, it, it kind of just leads you into, um, much like the Luca Torelli Soul album that we talked about, a, a ballad to, to kind of wrap, you know, wrap, wrap some of this stuff up of light and darkness. And, and, you know, I guess the album kind of needed a ballad and this, this was certainly it. It's a piano track that gives way to Fabio and it's just the and that's what the track is. It's, and then of course, um, a beautiful female vocalist comes in at the end. I have no idea who that is. Do you that's Fabio? Idea? what that's fabio yeah okay um yeah, i mean he is a chameleon nothing would surprise me but um there's a really like ominous sounding tune but i kind of like it and and it's something that i didn't care for when i was younger i probably just skipped over it but it's now actually I, it's actually a very young Giannis papadopoulos <laughs> that i that that i will buy um because he some of the notes that that man hits <laughs> uh for anyone listening who's not aware that is the singer for beast in black and he is um another chameleon for, for different reasons. But, um, my goodness, this, this song, um, leaves you wanting more, which I guess is a good thing because you know, I, I certainly enjoyed the listen each time this week. Uh,
1: yeah. So the joking aside, the, uh, the singer is a actually an Italian Eurobeat singer. We've been talking a lot about Eurobeat off air d- today and, uh, how many members of these bands are somehow linked to that style of music. But, um, she uh she goes by the stage name Domino uh but her name is Alessandra Gatti um but uh I, I don't know how she ended up on on this uh, album she also uh makes an appearance on the uh second album Send Me an Angel as well um, but yeah i thought that was a really nice touch and like you said this album didn't have any ballads leading into this so i think this is kind of perfect to kind of cap things off with this kind of uh mellow tune it all it reminds me a bit of um another album we discussed uh L- legacy of kings by hammerfall where they decided to end a power metal album with a with a a ballad like this and i think yeah. it really works and uh this was the other song that andrea DePaoli had um Songwriting credit on with Fabio and Olaf, but uh, I gotta say, um, a, a really just good tune. Um, it's a it's kind of long for a ballad. It's actually one of the longer songs on the uh, on the album. It's a lo- other than the miracle, it's the longest track. But uh, it is very. It's just a very beautiful song. Very uh, very heartfelt. Uh, you know, Fabio just you know shines as he always does, and. It's funny because I, I remember when I got this album and, and uh, I had those the Japanese liner notes where they have that little insert where everything is translated into Japanese. And I remember in English it said, all songs written by Tor- Tordiglione and Magnani. And I was like, who the hell wrote this album? Is this like <laughs> Fabio Leone? And I didn't realize that this was their, their real names. Uh, I mean, Labyrinth members of Labyrinth have a history of, of ridiculous stage names. Um, but I mean, I didn't even realize until today that Olaf Thorson's real name is not actually Olaf Thorson, and uh, and Fabio Leone's real name is not actually Joe Terry. So,
0: <laughs> who would have ever guessed, right? Learning a lot, I'm learning a lot today. Well, I, I. I... I was going to ask you, but I'm going to withdraw the question. I'll just put it out there. But I was going to ask you if you like this era better than than the Michelle Loopy stuff that would follow a couple of years later. But I'm not going to ask you now because eventually we'll we'll do those albums, and I think I'll pose the question then. Yeah, I, I
1: think it's a good question too because I I feel like the band sounds very different.
0: Um, it does, it does, and I think that um, the songwriting was different, um, and, and and that's why I'm curious to see your thoughts on that. So let's put that aside for now and i'll i'll just ask you know the 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 question that i always ask scale of one to ten and and try to put nostalgia aside what are you rating this album
1: no i will never put nostalgia aside. (laughs) how long have you known me um (laughs) uh, this is an 8.5 for me um i i think that it's just a really solid album with two standout tracks um I, i i i this is just one of those um just one of those records, like I said before, that I just go back to and I just know like it, it's like a, it's like a comfort, like your favorite comfort food, like mom's meatloaf or chicken parm. You just go to it and you know it's going to it's going to like it's going to sate you that that need for uh, power metal or if you're looking specifically for Italian power metal or you just want to hear Fabio uh, just tear it up vocally. Um, but yeah, this is um uh, definitely uh nostalgia plays uh, i think a small part in this but i think that uh, in all honesty it is just a really good record and 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 we talk a lot about like production values and stuff but a lot of bands in like this mid to late 90s time i find that that's when like bands were really starting to find their way production wise especially if you go back and you listen to that debut labyrinth album it's a little uh it's a little rough it's a little tinny I guess. Um, there's definitely worse, but um it, it, this blo- absolutely blows it away. I think just sonically.
0: Yeah, I, I think that it's definitely a step in the right direction. I, I I actually prefer the sound on Return to Heaven Denied, which came out I guess a year or two prior. But um, it's it's certainly not bad to me. The album is an eight, uh, a, a very respectable, a very good score. But because those two standout tracks. Take a good album and make it a very good or a border a borderline excellent album. Um, but it was it was nice to go back. I am probably partial to those two Michelle Loopy albums. Spoiler, um, but I, admittedly, I haven't checked out some of that stuff in a while, so I'm I'm gonna keep it on my list so that when I'm curious or, or I guess desperate for a choice, I'm going to certainly pick one of those albums. Cause I think we would do a lot worse than, than talking about that because to your point, this, the, the sound changes over the next couple of years for them. So uh, within about five years of this album, this, it would almost sound like a completely different band.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I, I, in all honesty, like I didn't listen to a lot of the other vision divine albums, nearly as much as this one. I, um, I think I just – like like you said, like Send Me an Angel just couldn't – didn't really pull me in. And I, the loopy era kind of started at a time where I was kind of f- like falling out of love for a brief time with metal. So um, it kind of passed me by. I got back into Vision Divine when Fabio rejoined the band, oddly oh, enough. So, so. You know, you're
0: you're almost making me change my, my album of the week. <laughs> I'm not, but we, we got to get on that because um, – you you are missing some some, especially especially because i
1: i recognize how incredible of a vocalist uh michelle loopy is um but i also kind of found that like the the little that i heard from some of the early loopy albums like i i thought that the production didn't really jive with me that well and um i don't know for whatever reason um there were just things that that and I was such a Fabio Mark that, yeah. that part of it too. So uh, it's definitely something I, I would be very, uh, very interested in um,
0: revisiting in, in due time. In due time, um, there, there was transitioning to you know some of the news items this week. There was a lot of new albums and new singles, and there was a lot of news items. So I apologize in advance if we don't get to most. Things, but I, a couple of tour announcements that I think I, I would really like to uh, bring to people's attention if they if they may have missed them. The first is a um, <laughs> called the North American Siege 2022. Arch Enemy doing a co-headlining tour with Behemoth, with special guest Napalm Death. Um, that is going to be a brutal, brutal tour. It begins on April 16th out west in Tempe, Arizona, before doing a run all the way to New York and Philly and Worcester, Mass, and then going back out to the West Coast uh, a month later, where they conclude the tour out in Los Angeles. So that is a heavy, heavy tour. I, I know that they're doing a New York show on the 28th of April. I have it on my calendar. I've not seen. All of those bands, and uh, particularly, I am a fan of Behemoth. I would really be curious to see them live. Um, And within a day of that, they announced uh, another tour, uh, a tour that begins April 29th in New York before going out west and then coming back east, uh, ending in Baltimore on May 29th. And this is a really interesting tour. It's uh, Hypocrisy doing a headlining run with The Agonist, black metal horror fanatics Carrick Angren and um, uh, an opening band, Hideous uh, Divinity, which I'm not familiar with, but I have seen Carrick Angren live. They put on a fantastic show if you're into that sort of black metal. And to be honest with you, I am into the agonist, and I like the new Hypocrisy album, so I'm very curious to see that as well. But two very, very heavy tours that were, were announced you know, earlier this week. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Wait, wait, till seventy thousand tons, my friend. Wait till seventy thousand
1: tons. I, 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 heard that. Um, I heard that Power Glove is going on tour, and that, that got me excited. So
0: <laughs> very good. Um, two other like more somber notes. Uh, Meatloaf, the famous, uh, obviously musician from, um, you know, with with some of the songs like "I Do Anything for Love" and and um. Paradise by the Dashboard Life. This this is a musician who passed away earlier today and we'd be remiss not to mention him because in terms of front men and stage presence, he really set the stage for a lot of what you would see uh, in the 80s with some of these, uh, you know, some of these rock bands and – uh, just an outpouring of support for him um, as he passed away um, earlier, you know, I guess earlier today or yesterday. Uh, but, but everyone from Dave Mustaine to slash from guns and roses um, to Brian May of queen. I mean, everyone just had nothing but like kind words for, 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 for this man and for all that he gave to, to rock music. I, I didn't realize this, but bad out of hell is a top 10 selling album of all time. And that's just absolutely remarkable to me. He took the words right out of my mouth. There you go. I'm glad I'm um, glad. That... Actually, one thing,
1: it, it, you want to tie uh, meatloaf into into metal. Um, did you know that meatloaf is Scott Ian's father-in-law? Like legit? Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, it's a great story he told on uh, Chris Jericho's podcast about um, going to meet his girlfriend's father for the first time and it being meatloaf and how I had no how, idea yeah, how unbelievably um, uh, intimidating it was to meet this rock legend and you know so there you go a little tie in but uh, I I recall. Um, Meatloaf kind of had like a resurgence in the early 90s when Bad Out of Hell 2 came out. Uh, with uh, and that song I'd Do Anything for Love, which I, I always thought I think it was just overplayed. But there was a, a couple of tracks that they made music videos for Rock and Roll Dreams Come Through, especially one of my favorites. But also, uh, objects in the rearview mirror may appear closer than they are. Nice, you know, succinct. Uh, short <laughs> title, but um, I just remember like being impressed that uh, Meatloaf was still having like MTV play. In yeah, the, in I remember the that. It, it
0: was it was wild because it was like a resurgence out of nowhere, and and he was everywhere all at the same time. But you know, kudos to him. Yeah, Obviously, title all-
1: Paradise by the Dashboard Light was a classic high school dance song.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I think it probably would be to this day if people were still listening to rock music. But alas, here we are. Um, uh, one other, one other somber note that I, I'd be remiss not to mention: uh, a band that we've talked about in different capacities over the last couple of weeks is is a, 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 the Norwegian prog band Mor- uh, Moron Police they lost their drummer earlier this week after passing away from injuries sustained um as a result of a car accident um this came as a bit of a shock to me i'm a big fan of this band new i have to admit i i only got into them with their last album um and then i went back and checked out some of their older material but it's a real tragedy this uh thor peterson has been with the band um since the beginning and um what I like about them is that it's a prog band that does does not take themselves overly seriously. And um, the drummer has passed away at a very, uh, very young age, unfortunately. So um, our hearts go out to them um, for sure. And I thought that it would be very fitting to do or to really to cover their most recent album, in our next episode just as kind of a bit of a tribute so um for that reason i i, I think that we'd be remiss not to come back to a, a moron police album given given the tragedy that's taken place and we'll we'll do a boat on the sea which came out in 2019 um as i had mentioned um during their d- during our top 50 episode we you know they had come out with an ep last year the stranger in the high tide. Uh, but I'd rather do, you know, we will stick to a full length release. We'll do their most recent album A vote on the Sea, scene. Next week. Um,
1: I have to say the, the song captain awkward from that album is such a, a favorite song of mine. So, um, I think I've only really listened to the whole album like one time. So, um, that's a great choice. Uh, I wish it was under better circumstances, but I, I hopefully we, uh, we you know do justice to uh, our fallen friend for more on police uh, just uh, awful news.
0: Yeah, no no, no question about that. I uh, wish we would end it on better terms, but um, nonetheless, we we enjoyed the Vision Divine episode. We look forward to um, covering some more on police next week, and then we will come back in February. With our second request album of the year, which we have picked out, but we will not divulge until next week. So, a little uh, something to keep people on the edge of their seat. I know they're waiting with bated breath, um, but uh, it, it's something that uh, is long overdue as well. So, I, I look forward to, to that. And it's then not, obviously, it's not Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, oh, although <laughs> go, going with the theme, I guess it would be appropriate. We have not had a Cannibal Corpse corpse request yet we have well, also don't not... overdo fabio leone's vocals We're, you don't want to stuff. extend the vocal cords and everything else i i i am totally with you um we've actually not done a death metal album which I, i'm just putting that out oh, there no. so february maybe maybe <laughs> maybe time but we'll we'll get there um thanks for listening uh thanks for uh reaching out to us we we love hearing from everybody um the uh number of people listening has gone up dramatically um and so we really appreciate that um we know you're out there keep engaging with us hit us up on social media and we will come back next week with um some more on police as a tribute to mr thor peterson chris i am congratulations on finishing the test i'm very happy for you and uh go and enjoy some of the new albums that came out this week i will talk to you soon
1: all right i appreciate that my friend have a good one